Welcome to the Sheepdog Wife Podcast. This is your host. Let's have a conversation. Hey everyone, I have what I think is a really great episode in store for you this week. Um, This episode is going to be made up of the interview with the wonderful lady who has agreed to be my co-host for our upcoming Bible study. All of that suffice to say, I don't want to take too much time with this little transition into that interview, but I just wanted to go ahead and let you know our first official Bible study episode of the podcast will be on June 25th, so that is next Saturday. So this week, um, if you have your study book, we're going to be going through chapter one of that book. And the title of that chapter is Loneliness. I believe we are working through a chapter in First Kings. Um, I think there are some mentions of other scriptures as well, but I think that is the, the bulk of the text that we'll be studying this week. So if you have your book, get prepared. If you don't have your book, try to go ahead and grab that as soon as possible because um, we would love for you to have a little bit of a basis Um, in what we're going to be discussing in next week's episode. Without further ado, here we go. Hello. Hey, how are you? I am so good, and it's so good to hear from you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, like, amazed at technology. (laughs) I'm like, how are we doing this? Like, (laughs) I know. It makes it so easy. (laughs) Right? We're, like, what, five hours away? This is amazing. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> and don't mind me. I'm just like, I don't know, 50 years behind on everything. Yeah, no, I, I was too, literally until like a couple weeks ago, I discovered that I could do this and I thought it was just the most genius thing in the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I can't uh, keep up with it. <laughs> so for the, anybody who's listening, this is my dear friend, Sabrina. She is absolutely wonderful, which you will all come to learn as um, we have her talk with us today um, and spend our Bible study with her because she has very graciously agreed to be my co-host for um, our Police Wife Bible study that's going to be starting on June 25th. Um, So this week's episode is just going to be getting to know Sabrina a little bit. So we're putting you in the hot seat. Um, Oh, man. Ready. I'm... (laughs) I was born for the Cecilia. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing ever phases you. Um, So Sabrina is absolutely amazing. Um, Aside from being a wife to one of the coolest Pennsylvania state troopers I've ever met. um, She's also a mom to two young children and we all know how crazy busy they keep our lives. But on top of that, she's probably one of the most talented photographers I have ever seen. Um, And I say that genuinely because I've seen her skill level increase um, and her technique improve over the years since she first started her photography business. Um, and she she should be the most highly sought after photographer on the East Coast, in my opinion. Oh, that is super sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, you know, if anybody on the East Coast ever needs a photographer, look up Herbert Photography because I really love Maine. Have squared away. You're especially from Maine. Like, give me a call. I'll travel. Oh yeah. I'm not afraid, you know. Oh yeah, you know, we have listeners in Maine. So this could work out really well for you. (laughs) 
So I guess we'll just start off um, by asking how did your household or your family um, come to be part of the law enforcement community, Um, which I guess for you kind of ties in a little bit to how you met your husband, right? Because you guys have been together forever. Yeah, we've been together since high school. And um, the law enforcement thing was I, I don't I don't want to use the word accident, but it was almost it was just it was providential, honestly. Um, when we were in high school in 10th grade, Keith wanted to be a history teacher and I wanted to be an English teacher. But where we grew up in New York, that just wasn't at that time like a feasible option. The jobs were just so scarce. So Keith just felt like a calling to be a police officer. And it was one of those things where he finished college and he applied everywhere like Rhode Island. New York, Pennsylvania. I think he even applied. I think he even applied in New Hampshire. Um, but really, it was just wherever the job was, we were willing to move. So, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania State Police was the first one to give him a call. So, really, I mean, we were engaged at that time. We planned our wedding in three months so we could move down to Lancaster together so we can attend the academy. And it was like boom, boom, boom. Like <laughs> we just went right into it. Um, and prior to that, Keith has always just worked like law enforcement type jobs Mm -hmm. and uh it just it just seemed to be something that he was good at and something that he enjoyed Mm -hmm. so it just kind of felt very natural just going into that yeah yeah that's amazing I um I love your story so much uh you know Luke and I um planned our wedding very quickly as well I mean by comparison to like how long people's engagements are I think we had about four months that we planned ours in um so I just it makes me smile when I hear other people also putting together beautiful events in a short amount of time because I feel like it's a special club that you join when you when you go through that pressure cooker you know and I think it helps like when I photograph weddings because I just I don't feel I feel like like, we we can get this done like you guys you most people have planned it for a while so we Mm -hmm. can do this like (laughs) it's awesome um so uh when Keith did make the decision that he was going to be pursuing a law enforcement career and you knew that he was applying to all of these places um I know that I got asked this question a lot during Luke's application process and we were already married with kids at that point um but how do you like to answer the very often asked question of um aren't you worried that something might happen to him? So uh, the honest answer to that question is yes. But the logical answer to that question is no. So really what gets us by with this profession, we just have a very deep rooted faith in God. Um, I, I don't see how we could possibly do this if we didn't have our faith. Um, God is just totally sovereign over everything. And I know that he will use Keith to his glory. So whether that means retiring at 25 years and, you know, him getting through all of it, or if it just means that something happening on the job before then, um, I, I have to be okay with, with whatever God decides. And um, so, yeah, whatever that means, I don't know. And it's not to say that I'm not going to be totally devastated, but I just, I just rest in that God knows what he's doing Um, and God's will is good. So it's just like like repeating those truths and of course praying. I like, I pray all the time, 
that he's safe and that he comes home to us at the end of the night mm-hmm. and that he's just out there just making a difference for other people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I kind of, I definitely like raised my hands up a couple of times when you were saying that just having those like, yes, moments, yeah. that's it. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like people um, who are close to first responders, um, whether they're like in their immediate family or just very good friends that they care about. Um, I feel like the phrase like pray without ceasing has a different kind of connotation. Um, because I think it, I think it comes a little bit more naturally when that's Uh in the back of your mind, um, versus it just being something that is, (laughs) that you just see or hear written down um, and you don't have those more immediate concerns on a daily basis. And I guess just the idea that, I mean, their job is very real and the likelihood of something happening and going the wrong way is very likely. Mm -hmm. If you and I were to get in the car and go to the grocery store, what are the chances that, you know, we'll get into an accident? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what's the risk that we have? I mean, even when I do go out to work, I don't worry about something happening. Not that it won't, but it's just not a concern typically Mm -hmm. where it's just more tangible when you're in law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm, I'm getting all excited about asking you more questions. I'm so, I'm such a nerd. Okay. Um, so if this is something that you're comfortable sharing and Keith would be comfortable with you sharing, um, what's been the like hardest event regarding your husband's job um, that you guys have had to work through so far? So I would say it's not what people usually think. It's actually us just trying to get closer to home. So when Keith applied to the state police, the goal at that time, just to kind of see where things went. But as we were getting ready to have kids, we just kind of realized like we really miss our family. Yeah. And with this agency specifically, it is really difficult to get back to a place that's closer to us. So like I said, we're from New York originally. Um, so for us to get back into the North, it took eight years of just waiting and just kind of being thrown in different places. I mean, when Keith, did finally come up north he was commuting an hour and a half Mm -hmm. to go to work um every day and it's just these the single lane up the hill like (laughs) higher time no cell service just like going into the country and that was that way for over a year as we were waiting for the next transfer to try to it's it's almost like it was a game of chance it felt like so that was really frustrating and just we moved place to place and it was really hard to kind of establish roots. And it, I mean, this job gets lonely, you know, uh, not having a support system, really not having friends, mm-hmm. not having things to do. I know just from my perspective, it was like a really, it was a tough time. Um, not that like Keith wasn't great company, but he was gone a lot and yeah. It was just hard to navigate that. And like, I give kudos to anybody who has kids who's going through something similar like this right now, because it's, I can't even imagine. I just, I know that when my son was born, he was still commuting. And I remember thinking like, when will he get home so I can take a break? (laughs) Like I was just going nuts, you know? Yeah. 
Like, I just, I just want someone to hold this baby for me yeah. for like five minutes. Yes. Let me just close my eyes and like, <laughs> or just make a cup of coffee or something like, so that's really, that's really been a blessing. Um, and I guess the other thing too, is it was really hard to invest in people when we just didn't know where we would end up. Mm-hmm. And this is more from some of it is from my, from my end, but a lot of it was from Keith's. Uh, he really gets to know the community that he's policing in. So that mm-hmm. was really hard. Just not knowing like how, how much do I learn? How much do I do? How much do I give? I, I just don't know how long I'm going to be here. Yeah. So it was a hard balance for many years. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. It's, it's really hard um, to go through and have to get to know people and uproot. I don't, I'm, I'm torn and I'm thankful over the fact that uh, Luke's agency is pretty stationary um, for, for his, his side of the agency anyway. Um, now that we're down here, you know, we're, we'll be down here as long as he works for them, um, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Because I, I know that I can get plugged into the people down here. We can find community and try to put down roots. Um, but it also means that like, we're not going to be able to move back home and be closer to our family again anytime soon. Um, and I mean, so. even talking about that family, it's hard even for they, for them to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly what we're going through. Not that they don't love us, not that they don't support us, but it can be very difficult to say, like, we're not missing that because we want to. We're, we're just missing that because we, like, we physically can't be there, that event or that birthday party or that dinner every week. It's it's a tough thing to kind of, like, mentally work around. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... Uh, would you be willing to share a little bit of your testimony and how you came to the faith that has been so instrumental in sustaining you and Keith and your family um, throughout this this life? So interestingly enough, it is because of the Pennsylvania State Police. <laughs> but um, so I uh, well, praise I, the Lord. They don't yeah, know the right? impact I mean, they're having, do they? Yeah, they've done, they've done many great things for our family. So I. Keith and I were together all the time throughout high school. Um, we were like best friends immediately. So that just transitioned to like just having like a really great relationship. Mm-hmm. And he was just, he's just one of those people that like was always a Christian, like born a Christian basically and just firm in his faith, unwavering. And it was very easy for someone like me. I grew up Catholic mm-hmm. and I knew that there was a God, but I just didn't know which. Like, I just remember being concerned, like, am I believing in the right God? And just having those questions kind of like through my head as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So I think in a way for many years, I just kind of like hitched off of Keith's faith and didn't really do any work on my end. I just, whatever he believed, I just kind of like took on and I like said the right words and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you asked me one day, are you saved? I would have said, yes, I'm saved. But the funny thing was, like, my theology back then was just so, like, non-existent. I didn't know if I was going to heaven. Like, whenever I talked to someone, I'd I'd say, oh, hopefully I go to heaven. There was just no confidence in any of God's promises. I just had no clue. So Keith uh, just, I mean, decides to enlist in the the state police. I'm finally in a new town. 
a new state, four hours away from everything. And I am alone. I didn't expect when Keith went to the academy that we wouldn't be able to communicate. But mm. it was like a solid three days before I heard a single thing from him. I knew he made it to the academy and I didn't know what happened after that. Mm-hmm. And it took like two, I think it was about two months before he was allowed to call me at night wow. for about 45 minutes. So it was a major shock because like I said, I was with Keith all the time. We would text, we would call, we would hang out. Like everything's just like around each other's schedule. So this was like just completely different for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember just one night I had like a rough day at work. I didn't have any friends because I was totally alone in this new area. And I was sitting in our room and I just like started sobbing. Like I just, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And I just, at that moment, I just completely just surrendered myself. I'm like, okay, I, I give up. Like, I don't know more than you do. And I know you're real and I, I need to do the work. Like I need to read my Bible and I have to learn who you are. And I, I can't just stop. I have to stop saying I'm a Christian. I actually have to be a Christian. Mm. So that was kind of like the turning point for, for my faith, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing, that's an amazing story. Um, just how God placed Keith with you so early on in your life um, and had, had him always there. I know um, he reminds me of Luke a little bit. And the fact that when Luke and I were dating, I always told him that the word that reminded me of him most was steadfast. Yeah. And when we first started getting to know you guys, um, that word always came to mind when I would think about your husband as well. I'm like, he's, he's very steadfast. That's just how he is. It's almost annoying. Um, like he's just like, they're both. <laughs> like they just are so unwavering. I, I mean, of course I joke when I say that, but it is like, it's incredible. Just like living with someone who's like that. And it's totally encouraging for us as wives, mm-hmm. just having someone so tangible in our lives who just encourages us to, you know, read our Bible, like look to scripture for things. Mm-hmm study, study theology, or, you know, all, all kinds of, all kinds of things where like your home is truly like Christ is the center of it. So it's a major blessing. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's just, it is funny. It's almost like at times steadfast to a fault. Yeah. Um, Like things, things will come up and I'll be like, this, this is not a big deal. This is not worth getting worked up over. And I'm like, I'm already past worked up. I'm like five five exits down the highway of work done <laughs> to the point of no return. How can you be calm? Um, but you but know, that's why I know that's why that they God do gave job. me a husband <laughs> with that gift on purpose because yeah. he knew that that's what I needed. Exactly. No, God knows what he's doing. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I still can't believe um, that you were willing and able and ready to take time out of your super busy life to co-host the study with me. Um, so I am going to ask when you looked over the study and I asked you about it, um, what impacted you that made you think that you would want to do it or made you excited about the prospect of going through this, this particular book? So I think there is just so much good info out there about like this specific industry. So what makes like 
um, the law enforcement industry so interesting to me is just that it is considered an office of the civil magistrate. So, which basically means just to kind of summarize it, and I'm sure we'll kind of like go into this as we go over this study, but it just means that um, God has appointed people on this earth to exercise authority over men in a government capacity. So a, a person who's considered, you know, holding office of the civil magistrate would be police officers or sheriff deputies, judges, even like teachers of a public school hold authority over men. And it's a very, it's a very special job because God appointed them to basically just punish evildoers on the earth. So it is um, something to kind of really hold in high regard and just to be mm-hmm. careful with. You are given a lot of responsibility and there are qualifications, um, like biblical qualifications to actually hold that office. And it's, it's just super interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to kind of like dive into that as we go over this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think that's great. And I can, I think I can almost hear some of the things that are going to come up when you talk about that. Um, and that's going to be like more, yes, that's so true <laughs> moment that I'm having mentally. Um, <laughs> so, I'm here for it. <laughs> so I guess my final question for you, um, and then if you have any questions for me, you are most certainly welcome to ask. Uh, but what do you wish I had asked you? Um, that I didn't? And how would you answer that question? See, I feel like you're very thorough. I don't, I don't know if you missed any topic necessarily. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like um, we're gonna have like a lot of really good conversation. And I like that we're both in different stages of this. You are in a in a position that I just remember when I would go visit Keith the Academy, I'd see moms with young children and say, how are they doing this? Like, I just, I just couldn't even fathom how that was happening. Um, but you are here and you're doing it and you sacrificed a lot for this. So I'm really excited just to kind of hear how, how things are going with you and how you guys are navigating this. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, to have dedicated time where I get to talk with you. Yeah, um, that is really the bonus, isn't it? Like, and I mean, be I'm, able to chat. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about this study. Um, especially like I, I had a good inkling about it before I purchased it. Um, and then of course I did because I wanted to get my hands on it and look through it before making any decisions. And I think what strikes me most about this study, um, is the amount of thought provoking questions that it has, um, versus a lot of Bible studies, which aren't necessarily bad, um, will kind of explain a scripture passage. Um, our very first chapter that we're going to go through in this, we read an entire chapter of scripture. And then there are a lot of questions um, probing you to really dig in and study God's word for yourself, um, which I think is always a, a really big deal because I don't know about you or anybody listening. Um, but that's something that I used to really enjoy in my teenage years and before I got married and had adult responsibilities. Um, and it's a skill that has become a struggle and a battle for me now. Um, 
So I'm looking forward to the accountability and the structure to be able to get digging into that a little bit more again and to do it with somebody that I know and trust so well. It's just, it's going to be a joy. No, I totally agree. Just having like dedicated time to do this. It is so hard to focus. Like I feel like (laughs) at this point in life, like just making sure you sit down and, and read my Bible and it's, it's a simple thing, but it's hard. It's hard at the stage. So I'm looking forward to that accountability too and just seeing what kind of things we can learn together. Awesome. I am so excited. Do you have any questions for me? Um, how do you do this? Like you <laughs> full-time school. Like <laughs> Well, the the secret on that is that um well God gives you the grace for every day. Um and sometimes the, the way that that grace exposes itself is in the wisdom to know your limits and when you need to reassess your priorities. Um, so, you know, I, I am technically still enrolled as a full-time student. I finished my spring semester with a 4.0 GPA. Um, and then I had to defer my enrollment. Um, because the state that we moved into, uh, the age of five is the mandatory schooling age. And I know that you know this um, (laughs) between our upbringing and just the weight that God has placed on my and Luke's heart to homeschool our children. um, Their education is a priority to us, wanting to make sure that they are taught ethically um, and to really, really challenge themselves and learn in a way that's going to be beneficial to them in being successful in life and having that strong foundation, um, both in knowledge, but in knowledge that is based in the truth of scripture. Um, And I knew that I would not be able to continue dedicating myself to my own hobby studies and also dedicate myself to my children's education and do them the justice that they deserve because they have sharp little minds and they should not be wasted. Listen, I say that word for word. I've been doing the exact same thing and just (laughs) back in many areas so I can prioritize homeschooling as well because we feel very convicted over that too. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited about that too. I know I'm probably going to be texting you about that this year, um, especially since there are some parallels to the curriculum that we're going to be using apparently. <laughs> um, yep. But that's, that's where we're at. You know, um, there's, there's a lot that's been going on that we'll probably get into um, if I can whip up the courage to be totally honest about it. Um, but you know, it's God, God gives you the grace for every day, but he won't give you the grace for tomorrow before you need tomorrow's grace. So just, sometimes you can't look too far ahead and you just have to go through what you have at the moment. Yeah, We'll do this day by day. We got this. <laughs> we got this. I hope you have a great night, Sabrina. It was so wonderful to hear your voice and thank you for giving me some of your very precious time. Thank you so much. We'll be talking soon. Sounds good. <laughs>